Welcome to the Company of Dads podcast, where we explore the sweet, silly, strange, and sublime aspects of being a lead dad in a world where men who are the go-to parent aren't always accepted at work, among their friends, or in their community for what they're doing. I'm your host, Paul Sullivan. Our podcast is just one of the many things we produce each week at the Company of Dads. We have various features, including the Lead Dad of the Week. We have our community, both online with some in-person events as well. We have a new resource library for all fathers. The one-stop shop for all of this is our newsletter, The Dad. So sign up at thecompanyofdads.com backslash the dad. Today, my guest is Terry Smith, author of the new children's book, See You Later. It's a book about helping younger children understand divorce, but also to come to terms with the stress and anxiety that comes with seeing their parents split up. Terry is himself a single divorced dad, part of the 18% of fathers in the United States who are divorced, widowed, or otherwise single, and a significant part of the community we're building at the Company of Dads. He came to this book through a successful career in the art world. Coming to us from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, welcome, Terry, to the Company of Dads podcast. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here to talk with you guys. You know, we were talking before, and, and you said, you, you know, you, you wrote this book uh, for your daughter, who's now eight, but you also have a son in his 30s. How have you changed as a father between when you had your son and when you had your daughter? I think, um, you know, when you have a child at a young age, I think that you haven't quite become a man yet, and you're still learning who you are as a person, as a human and how you coexist and relate with other humans in this world. And I think with my son, even though I was really nurturing and caring, I think there's a lot I didn't know about fatherhood and being a father other than just providing. I think as I got older, I became more experienced and in that experience, I developed more as a human being. And I think I was a bit more kind of understanding of what others were going through and not just what I was going through. And I think that as I evolved, I think when, you know, the, the, the uh, relationship I have with my daughter is, is um, a bit more developed and a bit more, has more depth than it did when I had my son, when it was just pretty much just provide. And with my daughter, it's more of a nurturing and a providing situation. Mm -hmm. You know, did you do anything specifically different? With your daughter, or is it better to say that you were just a, a different, more more mature person when she was born? Yeah, I think I definitely. Um, so you know, I think about those things, like you know, the fact like I'm so hands on with everything my daughter's involved in, and I think about like everything that um that we do together, and then I think about my son and what I did with him, and I think like with my daughter, like you know, I'm at every game, I'm I'm working on every single homework. You know, I'm there for her talking about like everything that happens to her. And I don't remember half the things with my son. I don't remember too many ball games. I don't remember, you know, working on homework too much with him. It's just like, I think that I was just really involved in my life. And he was just kind of like a byproduct of that. And I think with my daughter it's like, you know, she, I'm really invested in her, like, you know, as a whole in every aspect of her life. So I would, I would say that's the difference. I would say that, you know, being involved in everything and every aspect, every feeling, every emotion with my daughter, you know, it, it, I wasn't as involved and committed to my son, but I loved him 
but it wasn't the same type of commitment. When you think about you know, the connection you have with your daughter, when you talk to your son now is in his 30s, you know, it's obviously a very different relationship that you have with uh, an adult child than you do with a, a, a child child. So I'm, I'm just curious, you know, how your relationship with your, your son has oh. evolved over the years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, now he's a man. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm one of those people that I have no regrets. I don't look back on anything as a mistake, you know? And it's just like, and as far as he's concerned, and we've talked about it, he says like, you're the, you're the best dad I could ever hope for, mm-hmm. you know? So I was a great version of who I was with him because I've always been really loving and I've always been very intuitive. And I've always like, you know, if you're in my family or friends or even a homeless person, I, I have great compassion for people. So it's just like, so I think with my son, it was, he felt love and it's like, and we don't have any barometer or anything to measure that against. Like I was his only dad. So he wasn't like, couldn't like really be like, well, you know, what kind of dad are you? He just knows like, I, you know, now he knows I did the best I could with the tools I had and with the education I had. And I mean, he doesn't measure himself against my daughter or the person I've become because he's growing up as well. It's like how he felt at 18 right. is different from how he feels at 34. So, right. you know, we've all, every day, we're all evolving if we're, if we're, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. You know, you got divorced when your daughter was four, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my parents were divorced when I was a kid. I remember that being a pretty uh, brutal time. That's probably an understatement. Um, but, as you were going through the divorce, before you got the idea to write uh, the book, what were some of the thoughts that you were having around yourself, but all as a father, but also your your daughter? You know, what were some of the thoughts that were going through your head as you were making your way through that divorce process? Well, I learned from the divorce I had with my son's mom, so that's that was pretty much my precursor here that's that's the um where i the well i i I dug from so with my with my son like i said i was i was i was selfish and when i was getting a divorce from his mom we were bickering we were bitter it was just about you know how can i outdo you and you you're gonna outdo me and and like you know and my son was just like nowhere to be seen and i remember one time she said you know i'm going out with my new boyfriend and why don't you take care of your son? And I was like, well, I'm going to go out with my new girlfriend. And, and, and I never forgot that. And it's just like, you know, the things that stay with you, I'm still sick when I think about it. And it's, and it's like, you know, and, and the fact that he had to be like on the sidelines to view this, it's just like, you know, so I made sure, you know, when me and my ex were separated with my daughter, not to make the same mistakes, I went straight into damage control mode to her. I went straight into, I mean nothing in this and I just have to make it better for you and I have to make it better for my ex. I'm not going to be the person I was when I was in my twenties. I'm a different man now and I'm going to handle this in a way that we can just, you know, have some civility in it. Yeah. When did you get the idea to write the book about what was going on? Well, that was, I think, um, I want to say I, it's always been, I guess two years ago. Mm -hmm. I kind of like, I, you know, my dad said something to me when I was a kid and I don't know what the context was, but he said, you know, Terry, it's not, it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. Cause I think every time I would see him or see somebody, I'd be like, goodbye. And he'd be like, it's not goodbye. You're going to see me later. And you know, the craziest things are like the things that stay with you. Yeah. Like that stayed with me for decades. 
And and with my daughter, it's just like, you know, I I you know, when she, we were having visitations with her mom and she was so distraught and so traumatized every time like we would leave her like we we could be seeing her the next day. My daughter would just start screaming and crying. And I was like, why is she doing this? Like, I, I couldn't understand, like, you know, we're in California and you're seeing your mom. You had a great day. and You're going to see it tomorrow. Like, why are you doing this? So I just decided, you know what? I need to talk to her. You know, let me see where she's coming from. And she was just like, you know, I feel like mom is going to go away and I'm never going to see her again. And and I don't want to be separated from her. And then that's when I told her, Maya, it's not it's not it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, you're, you're going to see her again. And then she kind of got it. But I was like, you know what? To drive this home, I have to do with everything. So we go to the park and I'll be like, see you later, Parky. And we'll go to the swimming yeah. pool. See you later, swimming pool. And we'll go like, you know, anything that she was doing in the car. We could go on a car ride. Be like, see you later, car. You know, and she was started. She started doing it like, you know, yeah. like we before I could say it, she would say it. And then the next, like maybe not the next time, but a few visitations after that, she got it. It's like there was no more crying. There was no more screaming. There was no, it was kind of like, okay, mom, I'm going to see you tomorrow. And, and, and I had a great time. And I was yeah. like, it worked, you know, just something as simple as see you later and communicating with a child that it's not goodbye and dealing with their abandonment and their anxiety. It's like it worked for me. That's remarkable. And you're in Louisiana. Where is your, your daughter's mom? Where, where does she live now? She's in California, Los Angeles. She's in California. So, so see you later. There, there is a, a sort of great distance there. But, but is that still holding up for her? She still understands it, you know? Oh, she's on a whole nother level. I mean, she's just like, I mean, she's like eight going on 16. You know, she, she does, she's doing great. We just had a visitation with her mom this summer. And it's like, you know, she's at the point now where she's kind of like ready to go. You know what I mean? Like I've had enough of this visitation. Where's my dad coming? So, so she's in a great place. You know, my daughter, like I said, she's, she's a straight A student since pre-K. She's, um, you know, winning tennis tournaments, gymnastics, karate, Spanish, French, you know, um, swimming. I mean, she does everything. And, you know, she's like such a well-rounded person. She hates litter. Like if she saw a piece of trash in the street, she would get out the car and pick it up. It's just like she's so caring about people and environment. And it's just like, and she, you know, she's just like the most unselfish person I ever met in my entire life. When did the idea, Cassie, you, you, you tell us to you later, you see how it's going to work. Um, but as you told us, you know, off air, your career has mostly been in the art world. Um, yes. So how did it come that you would, you know, write uh, a, a children's book? And, and, you know, for the listeners, this is, this is sort of, you know, aimed at, you know, kids in the sort of pre-K to sort of second, third grade area. How, how did that idea come to you as a way to help kids? Well, I think, uh, well, I've, I've always been an artist. And I've always been a, um, I've always been on the business side of art as well. And with my art, I've always dealt with the human condition. You know, I, it's all about realism and, 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 and I'm not into fantasy. I'm not into escapism. It's like, I'm into dealing with real issues. And so art, my art reflects real issues. And part of art in my canon is also poetry, is also writing, is also painting. So, you know, there's a lot of mediums in that. So the writing to me was just another form of me being artistic. 
So it, it wasn't a big leap or anything. It's like, you know, so because you have illustrations, you have text, you have placement, composition, like it's all the art tools are all in 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 writing, in, in, in writing a children's book and the composition and construction of it. So for me to, you know, that was just to me, it was just another form of expression. And 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 like I said, I base all my art on on what I'm going through, what I'm feeling in my immediate surroundings. And for this, you know, my daughter and what she experienced, I'm always thinking, I always tell her when bad things happen, you can't look at them as being negative. You have to look at the positive in it. It's like, you know, what can we get out of this that can bring this, you know, bring this somewhere else and create another dynamic from it? And I told her, let's write about our story that you can help me write it and that it will help other families to get through this. So she was on board with it. She loves the book. She loves like the illustrations, the story. And like I said, you know, when you look in the book, you see a police station that was like, you know, modeled after the police station that we would have our visitations. You know, there's a bookstore in there. That's where we would have our our pickups and drop offs. It's just like her room. She wants to go to Yale. That's in there. So everything is just realistic from first page to the end page it is a mirror reflection of our life and our experiences. Yeah. What was some of the input that she gave you as you were creating this book? Oh, like, um, that doesn't look like me. Or <laughs> it's like, what kind of artist are you, dad? Come on. Yeah. Maya Lucia. Who's that? You know, it's like, um, I didn't say that, you know what I mean? Or this is the way I would say it. Or, you know, and then she would just be like, dad, you got it. Or that's it. Like once I hit a stride, then I was, I was like, okay, this is it. But yeah, she she had um, something to say about every aspect of the book, the construction, the dimensions, you know, the the color, the the, the illustrations. It's just like so like she just read the book. We gave a couple of copies to her teachers and they read it in the school and they all were just like, Maya, you're an author. Like we you know, she's in the third grade. She, she came, I picked her up yesterday. She was so happy. She was like, I'm a star. You know, it's like. I saw the principal today and they were like, oh, we're going to have you and all, you and Maya come by the school and do a reading for the school. So, you know, it's it's really and I think this conversation, you know, like I've been on a lot of women's podcasts about divorce. You're the first male. And um, and I think a lot of the women are just shocked to see like a, a, a man like take responsibility of being a single father and then also like loving it and then writing a book about it. And just like, you know, and then being African-American on top of it. So I just think that uh, there's, there's so many things, like especially women that are just kind of like amazed. And they, then they can't believe I have single uh, full custody. You know, they, that's the other part they, they, they really don't understand. And um, so so it's been a great experience, like, you know, just just talking about this book and, and, and about me and Maya and what we've experienced and how we navigated the waters to get out of it. Yeah. You know. When you, it, it's a great book. It's a beautiful book. Uh, it's a great story. Do you have and and that's and that's enough. But when when you wrote this, did you have any sort of bigger goals for it? Did you see it as something that parents could buy their children to help them explain what was going on in that moment of divorce, or is it more you know f- for those kids in class whose parents are still married and and to give them more empathy? Did you have a, a bigger goal like that? In no, mind? I think the. The goal I had in mind was to assist parents who are going through what we went through. I mean, man, that first year, it's just like, you know, what night didn't I cry? You know, what night didn't I think about, you know, 
what she going through. It's like, so this, this book, you know, was something, like I said, you know, just something like see you later and just time just healed all wounds, you know? So this book, you know, when I decided to create this book is because, you know, I, I went through hell and she went through hell. And this book helped us to, to see our way back to the light. This book helped us to see our way back to a place that was positive and was enriching and that, that, that it wasn't like the end all be all. Yeah. So I knew this book, you know, if parents pick this book up and, and like you said, man, it's like they say almost 50% of this country is divorced or separated and like one in every two kids in this country is affected by divorce or separation. I mean, that's a huge number when you're dealing with 396 million people in the United States. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, so where I'm coming from is just that I know that this book can't help everybody, you know, but this book can help a lot of people who don't know how to articulate what they're feeling and don't. And also those younger parents who don't realize that the children are just as important as they are in a divorce that they need to be able to sit at the table and have a voice and to express their feelings, their emotions and their anxieties. And a lot of parents don't do that. The parents just pack the kids up like they're like their luggage. And it's just like, and that, and that's not fair to the kid. And, and it's not fair to the union of their family before this thing happened to them. So this, this book gives a voice to the children that hopefully the parents can listen to, to understand, you know what, we all have to get through this. We all are going through this. Yeah. You know, Terry Smith, uh, author of See You Later, uh, this has been a great chat. One one last question for you. We, we've talked about the process. We've talked about, you know, your daughter. We talked about kids in general. But what did this process mean for you as, you know, a, a, a man who's becoming a, a, a single divorced dad for, for the second time? Man, it's like you always think you you can't learn you know, you think like you, you you can't learn more, you know, like you just have to be a sponge. And, you know, with this, it's like, you know, I've grown. I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about children. I've learned more about divorce and separation. You know, this this book in the process and, and what we what I went through to create this book and also to grow as a human being. It's just like, you know, it's, it's unmeasurable. So. I just think that, you know, I'm thankful. Like we all wish that we didn't go through it. You know, we all wish things could have been better. Sure. But, you know, but I, I always say too, man, it's like, you know, we have one life and it's fleeting and we have to make the, the most and, and the, uh, in the most of the life and, and what we've been and what we've been given and to be thankful for what we have and not what we lost, but for what we have. So this book is a testament to that. And it's a testament to, to, you know, just being and, and caring and to also like, like just some um, empathy, you know? So, so for me, that's what the book has been all about. It's just like, it's, it's something that I wanted to create to, to define me and my daughter and what we went through. And then also to help other parents and families who are going through what we went through, who, who are not able to articulate their feelings. And see, you know, that each day that passes by and, and, you know, and like I always say, and this too shall pass. Terry Smith, 
Thank you for being my guest today on the Company of Dads podcast. I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Take care of yourself, Paul. Thank you for listening to the Company of Dads podcast. I also want to thank the people who make this podcast and everything else that we do with the Company of Dads possible. Helder Mira, who is our audio producer. Lindsay Decker, who handles all of our social media. Terry Brennan, who's helping us with the newsletter and audience acquisition. Emily Servin, who is our web maestro. And of course, Evan Roosevelt, who is working side by side with me in many of the things that we do here at the Company of Dads. It's a great team. Um, and we're, we're just trying to bring you the best in fatherhood. Remember, the one-stop shop for everything is our newsletter, The Dad. Sign up at thecompanyofdads.com backslash the dad. Thank you again for listening.